0: Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And remember, life comes at you pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal on the 55th floor of Cityplex Towers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you so much for listening today, and we have got a pillar show coming up. We finally know the format for OSU Spring Football Game. We will hear from Mike Gundy, and I will tell you why. If you're an Oklahoma State fan... You shouldn't be disappointed in the format and the fact that it's not an actual game. I'll tell you why you should get ready to party down this coming weekend in Stillwater. We'll also talk about OU spring game. I'll give you my thoughts on what a better format would have been for OU spring game and why that would have been really important for Brent Venables because he needs this one to go about as well as possible. Colin Cowherd's out there playing troll again. We'll talk about Derek Mason not coaching a position And being a walk-around defensive coordinator, we got some Spencer Sanders audio coming up. Also, audio from his offensive coordinator, Casey Dunn. We'll hear from him, and I'll give you the latest on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Allow me to introduce myself. I am the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal. That's obviously in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Much like this show, we podcast. So if you don't live in green country or can't listen between 11 and 2 on weekdays, I would ask that you go to SportsAnimalRadio.com. Check out what we do Monday through Friday. Um, You can download our app and listen live if you want. Um, But please, listen, because it's not for me. I say this every podcast. It's not for me. It's for Pat Jones. Okay, Pat Jones is the star of that show, and that guy has insight for days and stories that just an endless amount of stories as well. Tune in. You will be entertained. You will be informed. And I guarantee you there's not another show like this in the state of Oklahoma, maybe even in America. So with that, let's jump into it. We finally know the format of Oklahoma State Spring Game. And instead of me explaining it to you, here is Mike Gundy, from a couple of days ago letting you know what he and the Cowboys are going to do this Saturday.
1: So we're uh, unfortunately we're down to the last week. Uh, we, we will practice four times this week today, Wednesday, Thursday night and uh, Saturday will be our spring practice finale, uh, it'll be a big weekend for everybody. We got uh, football, we got baseball, we got softball. A lot going on uh, on campus, a lot going on in the Stillwater community, so we're looking forward to a good week. You can on a format for a second. Just practice, yes. We, we don't have enough big guys up front to, to split up and have a game. So, what kind of things do we do kind of to showcase things to the fans? Well, we'll have a full practice. We'll have individual drills, we'll have uh, some seven on seven, we'll have some inside drill, uh, we'll have a team thud period. Which would be just like a spring game, with the exception it'll just be offense versus defense. Uh, That way, if we have to rotate linemen
0: in, we have them available on that particular sideline. Okay, at first glance, you as an Oklahoma State fan might be a little upset that there's not a true spring game going on, but there just can't be because Mike Gundy's already told you the reason why, and it's because he's depleted in the offensive line. But not to worry, that's going to get better come this fall. We will have 25
1: offensive linemen in August, so we'll be just fine. We just don't have them right now. Mike. Depth, aside, depth issue aside, what, what have you seen from your offensive line this spring? Well, they're doing well. Most of these guys are first-year players now because we've got four starters that are in, in rehab right now, or recovery period. And uh, so these guys are for the most part, new. So they're getting full speed work, which is good, and the fact that if they get thrown into the fire in August, they've had a lot of reps this spring. You've talked a lot about junior college guys, how sometimes they take a year, when you kind of like for them to come right away, they need a year. What about Caleb Etienne, how much has he advanced? So he's been here, he's been here already, and uh, he's come a long ways in the last month and a half. He still has a ways to go. The, the summer will be important for him. The new rule they put in effect last week that allows us to coach in the summer, different than we've ever had in college football before, will be a big piece for a guy like Caleb to
0: continue to develop him over the summer. So some good news for Cowboy fans coming up right around the corner when spring season wraps up on Saturday. You're going to get an influx of offensive linemen. And at that point, that's when we'll see some of the questions that we need to answer or we need answered start to take shape. At that point, you'll get a better reading if you're Mike Gundy on who's going to be your number two quarterback. Because while Mike Gundy believes in going full bore, all right, Mike Gundy believes that you have got to work out, hit hard, play as tough as you can at practice. It's the only way you can get ready for the season. He's not going to do that in the spring game. And the other thing is that Mike Gundy probably has not got the opportunity to do everything that he has wanted to do by getting those backup quarterbacks reps and probably getting a lot of the running backs reps as well because you don't have an offensive line that you can really rely on. While they may be good, you just don't have enough to go out and run a full second team with, and you can't afford to have – any of these running backs or your backup quarterback get hurt right now. You can't afford to get Spencer Sanders hurt. So you probably have not given him the reps that you want to get. Or what you've done is you've given him the reps with the ones, and you've probably sent out Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gundy with the ones as well, but just not given them the time that they need. So when we come out from Saturday, we'll still have a few questions about just where Oklahoma State is offensively, defensively, we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be. But ultimately, this is just an opportunity for you to go up and hang out for three days and not just watch football. You've got the baseball team who's bringing in TCU for three games. Softball team's bringing in Texas. Mike Gundy's going to throw out the first pitch on Friday at the TCU baseball game. And then um, Derek Mason, new defensive coordinator, is going to get to throw out the first pitch for both the baseball game at 1 o'clock and the softball game at one thirty on Sunday. And then Saturday, once the game wraps up, which will be around 3 o'clock, from 3 to 5, there's going to be all sorts of activities and events. There'll be a DJ. There'll be bounce houses. It'll be family-friendly. They're going to encourage you to tailgate. What you should have done, look, and if you may still have time to do this. If you're my age, if you're an OSU alumni, Um, If you were in a fraternity, this is your time to call your fraternity brothers. It's time to call your sorority sisters, find out who's, who's going, find out where you're going to meet, get together and figure out the best excuse you can to take off on Friday and make it a three day weekend and then come back Monday hungover, but still not regretting too many of your decisions. Because you you remember the older you get, you're not in college. You don't quite have that stamina anymore. Or those hangovers hurt a hell of a lot worse than what they did when you were in your early 20s. Still, this is worth your time. This is definitely worth the investment to get out and see the the product that that Oklahoma State has. And look, I'm anxious. I would love to go see Colin Oliver on Saturday. And if I got a chance to to make it up to Stillwater, I will. With the way that he grew from... December when he graduated in high school till August when he first played for Oklahoma State and exceeded expectations. Uh, it was a night and day difference. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what Rob Glass has done there. Um, obviously, we won't see much of Trace Ford, so that we won't know on him till the fall. Kind of interested in seeing the linebackers and the cornerbacks, but ultimately it's just how they conduct practice. This will give you insight on what usually goes on on the day-to-day during spring for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I wish it could be a game. You just don't have the bodies to get out there and do it. Now, as for Oklahoma down in Norman, we know Brent Venables. He gave us the format of the spring game last week. It's going to be what he calls a true red and white. There will be a draft. He's going to do his best to have the teams divided up, so maybe – you, uh, we, we told you this last week, and not to be redundant, but you're going to have your, all right, so you've got your two best tackles, your right and your left tackle. Well, they're not going to be on the same team if you can avoid that. Your your best two receivers, one will be on the red, one will be on the right, whatever. And for Brent Venables, this is a very crucial day because, one, not only is it your dress rehearsal and it's the first time everybody gets to see you, but more importantly... People need to walk out of that game in Norman with a really good feeling about the OU defense. I mean, the offense, for as much as we may wonder about Dylan Gabriel and Marcus Major and, and Eric Gray and who's getting more carries at running back or have the receivers improved, whatever, it's the defense. The The defense is the key issue in Norman this year. It's everything we want to know about. And the best way for Britt Menables to have done this, to give you that feeling, would have been have the ones go against everybody. So you have the number one offense out there against the number two defense, and you go even deeper than that. Um, You have the number one defense go against the number two offense and so forth and so on, but you give those ones an opportunity to look good against lesser competition so, as a fan, even if you know this going in, okay, even if you know this is the case, what happens is once you see somebody shine, you're gonna walk out of that stadium going, man, defense looked really good. Or, man, offense and defense, they both look really good. Feeling, you know, feeling fantastic about this year. Some guys we had questions about. All of a sudden, they're out there making plays. That's what Brent Venables needs to accomplish at this spring game. It would have been better if. Had he done that format, what you run the risk of doing what you're doing here is maybe there's a guy that's not that good, okay? Like you, like we've said, you've got your teams divided up, and you've got an offensive tackle that is number two on the depth chart, and you know that this guy needs a lot of work, and the, the defensive guy he's blocking is just whipping his tail the entire time. Well, all of a sudden, you're going to get the false sense that maybe OU's offensive line is bad, or they're weak at that particular position. Alabama's A game. Alabama's A game is a perfect example of that. I mean, everybody, all anybody's doing from that game is complaining about the fact that the offensive line wasn't any good. Brim Venables can't afford that. He needs you buying into the program now. This, in my opinion, would have been a better way to do it. All that being said... I'm still expecting OU to look pretty darn good in the spring game. No matter how you divide it up, I'm still expecting the defense to make some plays that we didn't see them make consistently enough last year. And I'm not talking about turnovers. And I know turnovers is still a big topic of conversation with this OU defensive staff. Look, I could care less about turnovers. My opinion on turnovers is this. If you hit the man hard enough, the ball will separate You will get a turnover. You will be able to use that to your advantage. The only thing I really want to see, I mean, and it's so basic, but think about this as an OU fan, how long you've waited to see this. Guys get off blocks, guys be able to make tackle, and multiple guys around the ball. I mean, that's it. I mean, if if you can give me that on a consistent basis, regardless of who's out there on the field and whether or not they're going to be starting this year, I'm walking away happy because I figure everything will take care of itself over the summer. So that's a big thing I'm looking forward to. Wanted to uh, wrap up this segment with this. Derek Mason, Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. Um, He's going to be a walk-around guy. Essentially, he's not coaching a position. He will walk around. He will coach the defensive coaches. How involved he's going to get with individual groups remains to be seen on this. Um, this is an interesting experiment for Mike Gundy. And just talking to other coaches, um, I'll go back, specifically Pat Jones, about all this. Coach feels, and I agree with him, that you should coach a position. The reason you coach a position if you're a coordinator is now you've got more skin in the game. And if something is not going right with with your particular position group, then you're less likely to call out your other coaches. Okay, If you're coaching linebackers, they've been struggling, and you see a cornerback miss a play or two during a game, during practice, you're going over film, if you know your linebackers aren't good, you're not going to point it out to the cornerback coach asking him why he hasn't fixed things because you've got skin in the game. You may talk about what you need to fix and what the cornerbacks need to fix. Everybody's responsible, and then you move on. I still think this is all going to work out fine for Derek Mason, though, and I think by the end of the season we'll praise him as much as we will Jim Knowles, and for no other reason he's going to run eighty-five percent of Jim Knowles' offense. And keeping keeping that terminology is key because you never want to coach caution into good players. And when you're throwing too much at at guys and they're trying to learn too much and they've been successful the year before, and now you're changing everything on them, that's a recipe for disaster. That's not going to happen at Oklahoma State. In fact, Derek Mason talks here about being that walk-around defensive coordinator. Well,
1: I, I think it's important, men that they trust, you know, all the way around. I mean, if you really want to get the best out of a player, man, you got to he, he's got to trust you as much as you trust you, you say you trust him. And I told these guys when I first got here, I don't have time, you know, like to make judgments about who I'm going to trust and who I don't. Okay, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. And so, like, when, when you start there, I think foundation – uh, you know, is already laid for, hey, man, just bring me your best stuff. I don't care about you making mistakes. You know, football Football is an incredible game, but it, it, it's, a, it's a game where mistakes are made, and the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for is not mistake-free players. I'm looking for consistency. So, you know, as we go through it, coaches and players, man, we're going to make some mistakes, but we'll do it together. There's no blame, man. There's always opportunity to grow, and that's where we're at. Yeah,
0: despite some of the losses that Oklahoma State's had on defense, there isn't another unit in the Big 12 I feel as good about as their defense coming back next year. Looking very forward to seeing them. Uh, Hopefully, there's not going to be too many games where they have to bail the offense out and win it at the last. But if that is the case, I think ultimately you've got to trust these guys and the players that they've recruited and developed over the last few seasons. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. I am Eric G. Coming up next, Colin Cowherd. Continuing to play troll. And what do we want from this cat? We'll tell you. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. Do me a favor. Uh, Do me a couple of favors, actually. One, follow me on Twitter at GEEHSO. Let me know that you heard the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. And I'd love to get your feedback on that. You know, what you like, what you don't like. And uh, speaking of that, um, also subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And tell us what you think. You know, the review is important because we need to know as we get closer to football season, what kind of content you want. What, what can make the podcast, the show better? Because we want to give you the absolute best show um, possible. All right? So constructive criticism, always welcome. And um, I will do my best to put out good content, unlike Colin Cowherd. Okay, that's a little harsh. Colin Cowherd still puts out great content. Okay, the dude is a fabulous host. And I'm not going to sit here on my podcast and tell you that I am a better host than him. Um, I'm not, okay? And, and I don't care how objective you're, you're being on this. I'm not a better host than him. That guy is extremely talented, very light on his feet, got a lot of admiration for the way that he conducts his show. But what he is doing right now is so beneath him and any talk show host of his standard that it makes you cringe, and that is being a troll to Oklahoma fans. Okay, He's, He recently put out a tweet. I think he may have done it today. I'm not going to bore you with what that tweet says word for word. I did respond to Bobby Thompson of WWLS, and certainly you can go to Colin Cowherd's Twitter handle and find the tweet yourself. But to sum it up, he thinks OU is going to suck that Lincoln Riley is the greatest offensive head coach of our time and that USC is going to win a national championship. I mean, there it is, right there. And I probably did a better, better, less snarky way of doing it than he did. There's a couple of problems with this. One, first and foremost, let's talk about this whole Lincoln Riley being the greatest offensive head coach right now in college football. So what? No, I mean it, so what? It hasn't done Mike Leach a whole hell of a lot of good. Everybody's always talking about what an offensive guru he is. He's been at Texas Tech. He's been at Washington State. He's been at Mississippi State. And in none of those places has he won a conference championship. We're saying, well, Lincoln Riley hadn't only won a conference championship, but the guy's been to the college football playoff. Yeah, but he's fallen woefully short of what the OU standard is, which is to win a national championship. And sure, you can bring up the fact that OU hasn't won one since 2 It doesn't mean that that's not the standard. That's what we want. And when guys concentrate so much on offense, the defense can't help but lack. Under Alex Grinch, the defense lacked at OU. It got better for a short period of time, but it was never sustained. And don't give me stats on this. This isn't about stats. This is about being able to play fundamental football, which Alex Grinch and the OU defense could never do because, quite frankly, you as a head coach are supposed to run the program, not just run one side of the ball. Sorry, I digress. I'm hoping that once Lincoln Riley fails to win a championship at USC, athletic directors, owners, GMs will stop falling in love with this fad of, of you know trying to find the greatest play caller in the world to come be your head coach. Find a guy that can run a program. Find a guy that can be the CEO like Brent Venables is going to be at OU. Like Mike Gundy is at Oklahoma State, okay? Like Nick Saban is at Alabama. Those CEOs, guys that are going to work on both sides of the ball, guys that are going to care about every aspect, not just the one that they feel has their ass on the line, which is what Lincoln, Lincoln Riley does. So, I, I mean, at, at this point, You know, at this point with Colin Cowherd, yeah, slob all the praise you want to on Lincoln Riley. Your words don't mean that he's going to win a national championship. In fact, I would bet you a year's worth of your salary, which I can't cover the bill on, by the way. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you want to make that bet twice, I'll bet you that Lincoln Riley never wins a national championship at USC. And I'll stand by that statement. The other thing is, is let's say Lincoln Riley doesn't win one. What do we want from Colin Cowherd? Well, ultimately, we want him to grovel. We want an apology that's, you know, when, when I say stuff on the air that, you know, is that bold prediction. Everybody tunes in on Monday to hear me grovel. And I do so. great, Graciously, I grovel. I have no problem saying I'm wrong. But here's what Colin Cowherd will do. He'll only grovel a bit, and then eventually he'll jump on the OU bandwagon because that's what he does. He jumps on winners' bandwagons. It was the Patriots. It's been US. He's been a USC guy ever since I've been listening to him, and that's been the, the Pete Carroll age. So if OU goes out and whacks USC, then he's going to tell you how great Brent Venables is. He'll jump on the OU bandwagon and you still won't get the satisfaction that you need. So I I could, I mean, what do we do about Colin Coward? Do we just stop listening to him? Heck. I can't think of a single radio station that he's on in Oklahoma. Not to mention, following him on Twitter, who cares? I mean, if, the number, if his number one goal is to just to get under people's skin, that's sad. That's falling into Skip Bayless territory. And I love Skip as a fraternity brother, but come on, man. You're better than that. Act better than that. If that's all you want to do is troll and not have discussions, meaningful discussions with your listener, then you're doing yourself and them a disservice. And that's what I want. It's one of the reasons why I want you to follow me on Twitter, and I'll plug it again, at G-E-E-H-S-O, is I want to have meaningful discussions like I did today, talking about whether the Thunder should tank or not. That's fun. That's good. I get insight from you. I learn from you just as much as I hope you learn from me. And we know Spencer Sanders has learned a lot. At least we have hope he's learned a lot. We're hoping that he can... Replicate what he did at Notre Dame. Actually or from the Notre Dame. Name. I actually I'm hoping the dude grows. I want to see him get better. I want to see him more consistent. I want to see him avoid disaster. And Casey Dunn, his offensive coordinator, was asked if Spencer Sanders has a great year, could that possibly set him up for more recognition on the national scene? I don't know. You know, I think our cowboy faithful are our, our cowboys through and through, you know. Um Maybe on the national scene, maybe it, maybe it pushes him towards more honors, postseason honors, or at least things that he can be involved in this year. You know, um, some accolades for him towards the back end of the season. Yeah, that all goes. Yeah. Um, if you're not in it to begin the year, you're probably not in it at the end of the year. So, I think he's, you know, probably got a little foothold on a little a little handle on it. So, um, it'll give him a chance towards the end of the season um, to repeat as a big 12 player, maybe an All-American, something like that. And we'll do everything we can to try and help him get there. Here's the thing about Spencer Sanders. People in the Big 12 know this guy is good. They also know that he's got his flaws. And I think that's one thing, believe it or not, I think this actually works to Spencer Sanders' favor. Because we've seen his flaws and we've seen him we've seen him crater at times or throw to the wrong jersey at times, if he's not doing that this year, and I have no reason to think that he won't be a lot better this year than he's been in the past, then those that watch him, if Oklahoma State wins and Spencer Sanders is running as much as we think he should run and he's keeping the ball or he's getting the ball to those playmakers that he's got, then you can't help but as a national writer, if you know his story, to heap praise on this kid and hopefully it gets him in the conversation for not just awards, for not just all Americans, but hopefully just gets him in the conversation of just being one of America's best college quarterbacks. And I'm not saying that Spencer Sanders, by any stretch of the imagination, is going to turn out to be like a top-five draft pick or even a a, a third-round draft pick. What I'm saying is, is I think he can be a really good college quarterback and lead Oklahoma State to a shot at playing in the Big 12 championship again. And he's going to have a lot of receivers – gonna have a lot of playmakers to do that and here he is talking about them does it feel like he's even been here for three years that's hard to believe it is crazy because I've been here for four so it's just like (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely been a great experience, especially, you know, watching him develop, I'm watching myself develop, too, as well, so, you know, it's pretty good. Does,
1: go no. does, does, does Brennan's development help your development at all? Like, are you guys kind of hand-in-hand going
0: through this together? Uh, yeah, 100%. You know? I do the throwing part, does the catching part, so it's like a, you know, it's like a bridge, you know, he's got the other half and I got the other half. We do our part, hold each other accountable. Okay, I'm keeping that audio on file. Okay, I want, well, I want, I'm keeping that audio on file, and hopefully I'll be able to use that about midseason next year when we see the Green brothers, who are young, redshirt freshmen, blossom. When we see the Shetron brothers, one, one tight end, one receiver, we see them blossom. And then you've got you know the Presley brothers. Uh, Oklahoma State, look, a lot of playmakers, but there's a lot of youth there. And this is why Spencer Sanders is so important to this team this year. One, not only do you lack depth at quarterback, but two, leadership, being there, doing that, winning, at, winning against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, playing for the Big 12 championship, beating Oklahoma. These are the kind of things that are invaluable, and especially to those young kids. He needs to be a mentor, not just to the quarterbacks. And he definitely needs to take Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gundy under his wing, but not just to them, but to the receivers as well. And what'll be interesting to see about Spencer Sanders, especially with these young guys, is does he know when to does he know when to get does he know when to get at them? Okay, does he know when to get in their face, and does he know when to just put their arm around them? Those are the things that that you're looking for with Spencer Sanders this year. Smart kid. Uh, if you've ever had the opportunity to talk to him, you know he is just smart and and he's got a really he carries himself in, in a very approachable way. So looking at him looking at those receivers, I think it's a very good match. Speaking of quarterbacks real quick. give Baker Mayfield props, I guess is probably the best way to put it for not showing up uh, to minicamp. I know that that 18 million dollars that he is due. Is has to do with him playing. But there's no way you could show up to Brown's camp, and I think that shows a lot of maturity on his part. One, because you don't want to be a distraction. They've already got a big enough distraction with Deshaun Watson. You didn't want to add to it. Just wait. Let them trade you. I think you're handling this great. Cannot wait to see Baker Mayfield on Saturday, the unveiling of the trophy or the trophy statue. You already got the Heisman Trophy. The unveiling of the statue. It's going to be a great time down in Norman. So whether you're going to Norman or Stillwater this weekend, have fun, be safe. Remember, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, review it. Let us know how we're doing or not doing. We want to hear from you, and may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Diamond David Lee Roth, stay frosty.